Good morning, good morning. We're going to have fun. Thanks. That was, a, that was a lot of stuff in a really short period of time. Thanks for hanging in there for that. Good stuff. You guys coming to the picnic today? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of space for the kids to play and playgrounds and all that. I was thinking you entered it. Your, uh, I don't know where she went. They're talking about Matt Stanton coming that first Friday in July. You guys got to come to that. Um, he also wrote another little song. It's like one of my favorite songs called "There Is No Striving." You know that one? He wrote that song, and uh, he's just an awesome songwriter and uh, just a really fun guy. So come on out. All right, you ready? Mm-hmm. This is going to be fun. Just curious, how many of you, um, were any of you not here last Sunday? Raise your hand. Just, you weren't here last Sunday. Okay. Uh, If this is your home church, uh, you need to go listen to the sermon from last Sunday on covenant people. Um, And reason being is not because it's like, I'm saying it's the best sermon ever, but it is a core sermon for this house. It is a foundational sermon for where we're going. Um... (laughs) I can't say it's like really good. That's awkward. But um, somebody, I was having fun because I preached on humility a few weeks ago. Everybody kept coming up to me telling me it was a great sermon. And just to be funny, I'd be like, I know it was. And then no one knows what to say back to that. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. It's a joke. Thank you. Thank you. It really messes with people. Oh, I'm ready to go this morning. I have already been to the gym this morning, guys. Can you believe that? Like, I went, I prepared, I went to the gym, got home, and showered and everything. You're lucky. I'm, I'm good to go today. I'm ready. I'm pumped up. Found out nobody goes to the gym at six something in the morning. You're all by yourself. So thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in here. Thank you for what you're getting ready to do. Yes. <laughs> Lord, I pray right now, before we get any farther, that the joy of the Lord will, right up front, begin to be released in this place. The joy of the Lord. Come on, just say, I receive the joy of the Lord. (laughs) There's this little song we used to sing. It says, I've got a river of life (laughs) flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Hang on there. This is a pretty cool song. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame get up and walk. It makes the blind see. It opens prison doors. It sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, O oh well, within my soul. Spring up, O oh well, and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me the life abundantly. Now you know we have to sing it. (laughs) I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison door, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out. Sing that again. I've got a, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Come on. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison door, sets the captives free. 
I've got a river of life flowing out. Spring up and spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and make me whole. Spring up a well and give to me that life abundantly. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> All right, we just jumped back like a long time, really quick, and we're coming back. <laughs> so, I grew up in the church, guys. <laughs> I know these songs. <laughs> Some of the younger, I'm getting to that age, there's people younger that don't know these songs. <laughs> I want to talk to you about joy this morning, obviously. I want to talk to you about joy, and I'm not just going to talk to you about it, you're going to experience it. <laughs> we're going to get it. And one of, the, one of the things that I want to talk about this morning is I want to talk about Nehemiah. Nehemiah is such a fun person in the Bible. How many know all throughout your Bible you'll see, you'll see these, um, these, these, I call them prototypes. They're people that are almost in, they're in the old covenant, but it's pointing to something that's coming. We see it all the time. We see pictures. We see, we see David. David's one of the, the clearest examples of when he set up the worship 24-7. It was pointing to, remember when Jesus ran into the lady at the well? And, uh, she, and she threw out the religious mumbo-jumbo. Well, you know, your people worship here. We worship here. Man, people are always getting caught up over worship. And, and Jesus said, listen, there is a day that's coming that it doesn't matter where you worship. You're going to worship Father in truth and spirit. And so David was actually pointing to a covenant that was coming that was going to be a place where you could 24-7 live, operate from an atmosphere of worship. And we see these different prototypes all throughout the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, that were pointing to something that was coming. Nehemiah is a really cool one. Because Nehemiah is another one that's pointing to something that's coming. Nehemiah's name actually means comforter. Sound familiar? So, and, and Nehemiah is known for building a wall. He's known for building up this wall. And what does the Holy Spirit do? It builds up people. I just want to take you through some interesting things. If you think about these walls, these city walls, back then these walls were extremely important. They were protection. The watchmen would stand on the walls. The warriors would fight from the top of the walls. They would protect the city with these walls. You didn't want a wall that was just mostly intact. You didn't want a wall that was like, it's all good except for that hole over there. You wanted a wall that was fully intact because it was your protection. It was your safety. And isn't it the same way with the Holy Spirit that when he builds up people, he doesn't just want us mostly intact, mostly put together. He doesn't want us to have areas in our life where the enemy can get in. And so we see these just super cool connections between Nehemiah and the Holy Spirit and what, he, what he's doing in us. And... I want to read, uh, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to just go ahead and flip to Nehemiah. You can just go to Nehemiah chapter 8. And while you're flipping there, I'm going to give you a little backstory about this passage. They're in an interesting place. Nehemiah, they have built the wall. And if you haven't read the story of Nehemiah building the wall, you really should. It's just a phenomenal story. And they've built this wall, and throughout the process of building this wall, they have come across... The scriptures at that point, the law of Moses. Now, this is interesting because I know that for all of us, we, we can't comprehend 
these people have gone, no one there has actually read this, these scriptures. Can you imagine Old Covenant, right? They don't have the Holy Spirit like you do. They don't have the scriptures like you do. These people have just been doing their best with what they have to live moral, righteous lives, the best they know how. And so throughout the process of building this wall, they actually come across and they, they have now the law of Moses. Can you imagine that having a group of people that for, they've been trying to do their best and all of a sudden you've got these scriptures? It sounds exciting until you begin to realize it's the law. And what happens is, is they begin, to, they begin to take the law of Moses and these scriptures and they begin to read them every single day for the majority of the day. And the priest would get up and he would read. You can read it. It's, it's in the very be, it's, uh, beginning of chapter 8. But you can read all this for yourself. They have the law of Moses and they'll read it all day, every day. And the people are gathering together to hear these scriptures. And they're gathering and they're listening. And something interesting happens. They begin to get really sad. The law will do that for you. That's a good word right there. You have to imagine, right? The law of Moses has 600, I looked it up before I came up here, 613 rules. These people have never read this. So all of a sudden, they've been doing their best. And they come to church. And they all of a sudden, they're hearing all these rules day after day after day. And they're like, we're blowing it. They're weeping. They're like, we have... We've blown this. And they're going rule by rule by rule by rule. 613. Something interesting that's just always fun to mention. When the law was given that day, 3,000 people died in Exodus 32. On the day the Holy Spirit was given, 3,000 people were saved in Acts 2. 3,000 people died when the law was given. But on the day that the Holy Spirit came and was released to all people in Acts 2, 3,000 people gave their lives to the Lord. I think there was a switch. I think there was a swap. Amen? And so here they are. This is, they've, they've, they've been reading these, and they're weeping. And I'm going to pick it up in Exodus chapter 8, and we're going to jump in at verse 9. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, a priest and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. You could just feel the overwhelming feeling of, I have blown it. They're crying, woe is me. This is not what our church services should be like. Are you guys awake this morning? You're awful quiet today. Our church services are not to be like this, where people come and hear all the things they're doing wrong. It's a place where they come and encounter the Holy Spirit and find out all the things that they could be doing even better. It's not a place where you get condemned. It's not a place where you're coming, oh, you've done this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And so here they are. This is Old Covenant, and this is a cool prototype. It's pointing to something coming. And the priest says to him, he says, guys, this is a holy day. Stop weeping. Stop mourning. You don't have to do that. Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Can I get an amen? And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Here it is. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, we're getting going. 
And the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Don't grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink and send portions of food and celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words had been made known to them. This passage has some incredible nuggets in it, but I really, I think if we could take this passage and slap a title on it, it would be this. This is what I would make it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When the joy of the Lord enters in, you can go immediately from a place of weeping and mourning to a place of celebrating. And all of a sudden, they said they were filled with joy, and the joy of the Lord became their strength. And, and it's interesting because so often when we think about joy, when I talk about the topic of joy, people think, well, you know, if I could just, if I could just work my way through some things, and I could, I could really get to that place of joy. I hear that all the time. People are like, if I could just, I'm, I'm working through some stuff because I really want to get into that place of joy. What if I told you that it's actually joy that gets you to the place of strength? <laughs> instead of strength gets you to the place of joy. If you think that you have to have strength before joy, you're in trouble because it comes through joy. And often we're looking for a way to get through our life's trials and tribulations. If I could just hold on a little longer, if I could just press through a little longer, if I could just rise up and make it through this, I'm gonna experience that joy. Why not now? Why not now? Truth be known is that you're no stronger than your joy. You're no stronger than your joy. When I meet a person that's joyful, I know I'm hanging around a person that not much is going to stop them. Because I know when I'm around a joyful person, you can't get them down. You just can't. I'm not talking about just a, a person that's just happy when they respond to something good. It's easy to be happy when someone gives you something good. But I'm talking about operating from a place of joy. You're no stronger than your joy. Two realities that I want you to grab this morning in the kingdom is that your ministry, and everybody is called the ministry. Doesn't mean you're called to preach. Doesn't mean you're called to teach necessarily, but everyone's called to ministry. What is ministry? It's doing the work of the Lord. It's doing the work of the Lord. That's it. Everyone's called to do ministry. But something you have to get is that your ministry will never outgrow your ability to love. You'll never grow a ministry bigger than your love for people. And two, your strength will never go farther than your joy. If you get anything I say today, grab those two. The thing the church that we're, we're working on shifting, and I'm going to walk this carefully if I can, because I want you to understand where my heart's coming from. But one of the things that we're trying to shift is that often people are more comfortable about weeping and mourning than they are joy. If someone in the middle of the service starts crying, Oh, the Lord's just moving on their heart. Feel that? Someone starts laughing. Well, that's disrespectful. We've become more comfortable with weeping than laughing. We've become more comfortable with mourning than joy because it's familiar. And... I hear people sometimes will start laughing. I, I can feel, I know when it's the Lord. I know when it's not too. I don't always say anything, but <laughs> I'm pretty good at usually discerning which one it is. But I, I love it when I watch the Lord hit somebody with joy. 
I love it because sometimes people are coming in. I, I know their backstory. I know what they're going through. I know what they're walking through. They're coming in here. They're lifting up that sacrifice of their praise to the Lord. They're sitting here. They're in the presence of the Lord, and all of a sudden, they'll start laughing. And I'm like, that's so great. That's so great. But isn't it interesting that we can become uncomfortable with that? But the Lord loves joy. He loves joy joy isn't he a good dad I mean what kind of dad would like I I have kids I'm not gonna be like I I just love it when my son cries (laughs) right this is pretty rough man like I I don't I don't want to don't get me wrong I mean there's emotional moments of connection I understand this I've I've wept in the presence of the Lord many times I'm not talking against that but what I'm saying is that the Lord loves joy he loves it when his kids just get hit with, filled with the spirit of joy. It's powerful. But we have to make sure that we begin to see that. We have to begin to be welcomed. Uh, Harold Eberly preached on something that was so powerful. I don't know if you were, I don't remember if it was in the conference or Sunday morning when he talked about opening your heart to different things. And he said that um, when they opened their heart in their church to doctors, he said he began to, I think it was doctors, um, he said that a lot of people have judgments against doctors, and what happens is, is that they don't feel welcome in the church. He said, but we began to bless them and open our hearts towards them. And all of a sudden, guess who started showing up? Doctors. There's a season where um, we experienced this, where I was really going after talking about the fivefold ministry, and I laid it week after week. I kept laying a foundation for understanding the five gifts of the church, and I used the example of chiropractors. And I'll be darn if we didn't have all these chiropractors show up. I'm kidding. It was so amazing, and it was like, right, Holly's here. It was so great. I'm like, look at all the like people come up. I'd be, what do you do for a living? I'm like, let me guess, chiropractor. And they just started showing up because we were opening our hearts up to the chiropractors. What happens, though, when you open your heart up to joy? You're going to get some joy in the house. But if you close your heart off and you're like, well, I just opened my heart up to these heavy weeping encounters. That's all you're going to get. I want people to be experiencing the fullness of the joy of the Lord. Hebrews 12, 2, pretty big scripture for us. I'll just say it really, really quick here. Hebrews 12, 2 says that fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I want you to wrap your minds around how big joy is. Joy was what Jesus knew he had to put his eyes on to get through over to the cross. If he needs to focus on joy, you know you need to focus on joy. And Jesus, he knew his call. He knew his purpose. He knew what was on him, but he knew it was still hard. He wasn't like jumping up and down to go through this. He was weeping. But what happened? He set his heart on joy. The beautiful thing was he actually set his heart on you, and that was his joy. <laughs> look at it this way. What I do for my kids, parents get this. I, I look, I set my heart on them, and I say, I want to, uh, let's take an example, whatever it would be. I want to take them on a trip. I want to take them on a great vacation. I set my heart on them. And I'm going to go through and I'm going to work hard. We're going to put money aside and we'll even do it with them. We're like, guys, we're going to save up money and this. And we're at Walmart and they put that 
doggone dollar section at the very opening of Target, Target. And every time we walk in, they're like, Dad, I want this. I'm like, guys, we're working on this together. We're going to go on vacation together. I have, as a father, though, I've set my heart on them. I've opened it up. I said, we're going to do this. And what happens? There's joy. There's joy. I'm not saying, guys, listen, we're broke. Get it together. <laughs> we're not broke. But, you know, guys, we're broke. No, it's joy. It's joy. You're not going to get anybody to change by guilting them. It will get them to kind of change while you're around. If you fear your kids into discipline, they just won't do it when you're not around. I don't want to fear my kids into doing the right decision. I want to love my kids into doing the right decision. I want to put before them the joy. If you do this, look before. Look over here. This is the joy of what you get to step into. Jesus said, I've set my eyes on joy. Joy. <laughs> Anybody got a little bit of joy in the room this morning? Just something to start with? <laughs> yeah. Woo! We're going to... We've got to wrap our minds around how big joy is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord makes my heart healthy, makes it happy. Back to Nehemiah. He says, don't mourn. Don't mourn. It's a holy day. Gosh, this just messes with so many of us. I thought when, like, revival hits and everybody cries. What would it look like if everybody laughed? Oh, boy. I poked you right where I need to poke you. What would it look like if everybody began to laugh? Now, wait a minute. That was Old Covenant, so it was a holy day. But now aren't you in the New Covenant? And he says, be holy as I am holy, which means it's not a day. It is you. You are holy because he is holy which means that you get to live a life of joy, yeah. laughter. <laughs> You're making me work hard this morning, guys. We got, I, I'm telling you, we got to get this thing. It's a good news. It is the good news. This is good news. It's happy. I want us to get this because people, you want to invite your friends to church? You want to know what they'll want to stay for? Is when they walk in, they say, this is some of the happiest people I've ever been around. There's nothing worse than coming to church and say, what is wrong with all these people? They're so like, like, I mean, sometimes when we present the gospel, it's like trying to sell something that we don't even like. It's like, you know, we're trying and we're trying to sell it, but it's like, well, you know, <laughs> oh, that came out and I wasn't even thinking about it. Um, <laughs> back it up just a little bit, but it's true. <laughs> I hope I can do this. We're preaching on joy, so I should have a little liberty here. One of my favorite movies, and don't judge me, is Nacho Libre. People love it, or they think it's the dumbest movie in the world. There's this scene in this movie where this guy is trying to make it sound good. He's like, he's like, he's like being a priest. It's the best. And he's all like, I get to like, what's that? It's like, I get to wake up at 4.30 every morning. It's the best. I get to make soup. It's the best. 
I often feel like that's our approach to extending the kingdom, though. It's like, that's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Oh, you got problems? Hey, come here. Let me just let my river flow on you. Let the joy of the Lord get on you. That's what we're called to do. We get to live this way. He said, it's a holy day. Don't mourn, laugh. We're getting ready to do it this, this afternoon, this evening. He said, go, eat, be together, get together. It's really pretty fun. The Bible is actually really pretty fun. Like, like, it's actually good. This Christian walk, if we actually figure out what it is, which we're really working on that, it's really fun. Yeah. It's just I think we've heard so many filters of what it is. And I, I, love, uh, I love what Chris Valentin says. He said, if it ain't good, it ain't God. Yeah. And he said, and if it ain't good, it ain't over yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says... In that verse, he says, Then all the people went away to eat and drink and to send portions of food and celebrate with great joy. They gave you even a definition of what great joy manifested is. Eating together. Celebrating together. Being together. That is actually a manifestation, manifestation of joy on earth. When you do life together, you're, you're, you're demonstrating joy. Thank you, Father. Just debating where I want to go next. I think often we can really miss it in understanding the target in, uh, with the kingdom of God, what we're shooting for. It says in Romans chapter uh, 14, Romans 14, this is a great scripture. I do that like every scripture I read. This is a great scripture, guys. <laughs> Hebrews, this is a great scripture. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy. <laughs> the kingdom of God, righteousness, Peace, joy. How many understand that peace is not something, it's someone? Peace is not this invisible substance that comes. It's a person that shows. He is peace. It's not, peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of peace. I mean, you can, you can remove problems all day and until you actually have peace come in. It won't change anything. Well, if I could just get these problems out of my life. You can get them out and more will come. <laughs> if anyone has lived like more than today, you know what I'm talking about. More problems will show. They, they tend to happen. But peace abides with you. And peace is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of a person. Have you ever, I mean, I love, I love the scripture because I, 
everybody has a different passion when they read the word of God. And I, that's why I love hanging out with different people with different passions. Some people have a passion for you to really understand and grasp the teachings. And, there's, and they're, all, they're all intertwined together, right? But I have a passion for people to experience what we talk about. I want people to experience. I don't want to talk to you about the joy. I want you to go home and say, I felt joy. And the kingdom of God is experiential. You can't remove, this is where we get in trouble is when we try to remove the experience from the kingdom. People will even say, well, it's not all about experience and feelings. You do, like we do call it the salvation experience. Everybody is one experience away from their life being completely changed. Have you ever thought about that? Everywhere you go, when you walk through a store, when you go to a gas station, when you're in a restaurant, everybody in that room is one experience away from a life that's completely changed. One experience. Our job, and I don't even like calling it our job, but it's simple. It's to represent him well. It's to represent him well. I want to take some burden off you. You ready for this? <laughs> Someone's like, please. <laughs> we can pray for you at the end if you need a little extra boost. <laughs> Knowing the scripture is powerful, and, I, and I'm, I read it every day. But your job, you don't have to feel like if you don't know enough you, that you're, you're not up to par. I want to release that off of you for some of you like, well, I just don't feel like I know as much as other people. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. <sighs> I remember hearing a story one time by Chad Dedman. He came here and preached. And um, he told this story about he was preaching at a conference with Bobby Connor. And those of you who know Bobby Connor, weird things always happen with Bobby Connor. He's like just crazy experiences happen with Bobby Connor. And Chad was talking about how it was his first conference he's ever preached. I get that because last conference we had was the first time I have spoke at a conference and uh, Chad was anxious and he's like the person that spoke the session before me was Bobby Connor and he's like Bobby Connor was in this he was telling the story about how like in the middle of the sermon the Lord gave him a word of knowledge that there was some demonic forces in the room and he, and he began to call out that there was witchcraft and people began to like have these amazing encounters and get saved and they're falling on the ground and giving their lives to Jesus and he's like and that's the power of God and he pointed his finger and a light bulb blew out where he pointed his finger and Chad Devin said the place was going crazy and he's sitting there saying I have to preach after him my first time is after this. And he said, I went to my hotel room, and he said, I, I, I rolled in bed all night long, so concerned about I have to preach after this guy. And the Lord finally just told him, he said, Chad, he said, can you just be a good son? He said, what you, he said can, you just, can you just get out there and be a son? And Chad said, well, I can do that. And he said, that's all I need you to do is just to get out there and be a son. And what he, he just got out and was a son. Can I take the, the load off your shoulders if you think that I can't do what the big dogs do or whatnot? Can you just be a son and a daughter? Yeah. That's really all he's asking you to do. Can you just come and be his kid? Yeah. That's all he wants. Yeah. My kids, they just, it's, it's super easy. Just, can you just be my kid? Well, we are your kid. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's super easy. Just act like it. 
You're my kid. <laughs> Shake it off. Let that go. And let just the joy of the Lord flow from you and be a son and a daughter. You want to change your city? That's the key. We could do conference after conference of the strategic keys, but if they're, I don't care how many keys you have, if you don't have joy, they're not going to work. I know a lot of people that are way smarter than me. But if you don't have joy, nobody wants to hear what you got to say. We have to have love. We have to have joy. Our job is to represent him well. This passage in Nehemiah is so incredible because it's pointing. He says, guys, if you get anything, just this piece, it's a holy day. Stop mourning. Be filled with joy. Translation, New Covenant. You're holy as He is holy. Just live in joy. That's it. That's it. I would love it if all of our sozos just turned into, will you come, I laugh, you laugh, we're good. I got so set free. So we just laugh together. You ever got together with somebody and laughed a lot and you just felt so good at the end of the night? Like that friend where you just cracked up, you know? <laughs> Why do you think I like Nacho Libre in movies like that? They are happy. I laugh. What would it look like when we just begin to give people hugs and we just hold them and we just, we just laugh together? Most of us are more comfortable or we're more familiar with someone giving us a hug and crying on us. We're more familiar with that. <laughs> Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Here's the thing. Joy is a decision. So let's, let's, let's wrap this up. I'm going short this morning. The joy of the Lord is a decision you choose joy. Why do you think that the enemy's primary attack is to bring you to a point of discouragement? He can't take your joy. You do realize that the enemy actually can't take anything from a believer. I hope you know that. Or like, you realize that like the scripture about all authority was taken from him. He lost all that. The only way that he gets what you have is when you give it to him. When he comes in and he's really got that, these same tricks that he's been playing on since Adam and Eve, where he's speaking in your ear and he's telling you things. You ever notice when you get, this is weird, but it's true. And after I say this, you're all going to remember it. You ever notice when you get really bummed, you start talking out loud? It's the weirdest thing. Follow me. People that get really down start saying the most negative things out loud about themselves. All the time, I hear it with people. They'll get frustrated. Why does this always happen to me? Right? They start saying stuff. They start venting out these things. Nothing ever works for me. And they start saying all these things that all of a sudden they just start spewing out. Isn't it interesting? But we don't tend to hear it, though, when everything's going right. Everything just always works for me. People be like, well, that's arrogant. No, it's not. It's joy. It's joy. Like, we got to reverse that. Like, man, it's just, I, I, what, 
I just have favor. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's not arrogance. As long as you know who it's from, it's confidence. It's not me. It's confidence in my father that he's good. I do it all the time. Ask Tiffany. When I'm parking, I have the parking favor. When I'm parking my car, everyone else drives around that parking lot. I always get front row parking spots, almost always. And I'm like, it's favor, babe. It's favor. I'm not like, well, thank you, Jesus. I've just been so bad lately. And you just gave me that little blessing, a piece of it. No, thank you, God. You're just so good. Like, I just, you're so good. It's parking. Who cares? It's still good when it's raining. It's, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious all right let's <laughs> i just realized this whole time i've been looking at my phone at a screenshot and the time doesn't change on a screenshot and i keep looking i'm like either i'm like somehow out of time like it's been 11:30 since i like walked up here <laughs> And it's actually a screenshot of the lyrics to that song, and I've been looking at the screenshot the whole time. I'm like, oh my goodness, we've got to wrap this up. Joy is a decision. You have to choose joy. Some of you are like, man, he's going short. We're only 40 minutes here. Not on my watch. <laughs> the, enemy, the, enemy's, the enemy's tactic is to discourage you because he knows that if you get joy, you're strong. And he knows that he can't take your joy. So he knows that here's the deal. If I can just discourage you so you'll stop choosing joy, I've won. If I can get you to the point where you no longer choose joy, he's saying I've won. Because he can't take it. But he can get you to just stop choosing it. We have to choose it. Joy isn't simply just a result of something. It's a choice. When you begin to read your Bible this way, through the filter of joy, it will change your devotion life. Many of us don't need, and I know we're in a very prophetic Pentecostal church, but a lot of us don't need another word from the Lord. We just need the joy to step into the word we have. I meet people very often, like, I just need a word. I'm like, first of all, I'm not like a little ball you shake up and I can, you know, just pop one out for you. But I often I'll ask them, I'll say, well, if you haven't got anything, what's the last word the Lord gave you? That's where I'll go. I'll say, what's the last word that the Lord gave you? Well, he told me to do this. Has it happened? No. Well, let's kind of go there a minute. Let's step into that one. And sometimes they'll give you another one. But a lot of times we don't need another word. A lot of people I know, they got the word. They just need the joy. Because the joy is the strength that you need to step into your word. And a word without joy tends not to happen. Just remember, words from the Lord, prophetic words are invitations. Often people think they're guarantees. If that's the case, that means that you have no responsibility. And he's too good to let that happen. He's too good. He's too good to take away our part in all of it. He's too good to remove our interaction. When he gives you a word, and you'll get them, you'll get them around here. So I'm going to give you a word. It's an awesome prophetic community, but it's an invitation into what God wants to do. I've heard it said this way, and this is my final thought. The Lord will often, he'll go, and he'll see where he wants to take you. And what does he do? 
He comes back to where you are and he gives you a word that you need to get from here to there. But just like Jesus, it was the joy set before him that got him from here to there. You have the word. Now let joy take you there. Amen. Let's stand up. Bless you, Jesus. Thanks for hanging in there. It's 11.30. It's still 11.30 on my watch. <laughs> God's just trying to release joy. <laughs> Make me laugh at myself. There's nothing better than a church filled with joyous people. There's nothing more attractive than a joyful person. So, Father... Are you ready? I want you to open. I, I don't know how else to. St- <laughs> I don't know what it looks like to you, but I want you to position your heart the best you know how. And even if you just say, I open my heart to joy, I want you to open your heart to the joy of the Lord. I feel something. As soon as I said that, I felt something in the room. Some people say, I don't deserve joy because I've done this. Yeah. I felt that the moment I said that, but that would mean that you're. you're you're basing what you get deserved on you. But that's the beauty of the kingdom. We get what's we get deserved on him. I, I get what he gets. See, I married into the family. So I want to speak to some of you that are looking back to your pre-marriage days, your priest in the kingdom marriage days. You're married in now. If you've given your life to Jesus, you and him, the bride, the groom, you're one. It's no longer about what you deserve. It's about what he deserves, and it's about what you get. So if you immediately had those thoughts, I don't deserve joy, you're actually a great candidate for joy. So I want to challenge you to even, even change your words for a minute and just say, I get joy. I get joy. I get joy. Come on all over the room right now. I receive your joy. Some of you need it. I just, I get to have joy. I get it because my dad has it. And, it's, and then I get it all. <laughs> oh, there it is. Put your hand on the person next to you. Grab their hand if you want, or just put your hand on their shoulder. And just say, Lord, let the joy of the Lord overfill them right now. The joy of the Lord fill them right now. Come on. The joy you'll feel it if you open your heart up to it, I'm telling you. This is not this is scripture. In his presence, Psalm says there's fullness of joy. Ha ha ha. So joy of the Lord be your strength. Be released in this room right now. I speak to you, those of you that feel weary, you feel worn down. There are people in here that you mentally have been oppressed a lot and right now I'm releasing joy into that realm of your mind that it would lift off this oppression and you would be filled with joy you'd be filled with joy you would be filled with joy I speak to everyone that's looking through the, the filter of regrets no receive joy now receive the joy of the Lord right now Whatever that looks like, we receive that. (laughs) Now say, I'll take a little more of that. (laughs) 
Come on, I'll take a little more of that. I'll take a little more than that. It's okay to have seconds in the kingdom. It's that kind of household. You can come back for seconds. It's not like when you go to visit a house and you can only go get a little bit. This is like home in the kingdom. You can have more. I take more of that. I take more of that. That first was good, but I take more of that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> okay, okay. Keep Stay right there. One more thing. If, if you're not feeling anything, I don't know how else to say this, but I want you to just, I'm going to pray over you. Sometimes you, it's really hard, but you, you got to get away from a lot of your thoughts sometimes. When I'm hanging out with one of my closest friends and we're just laughing away, I'm not typically having like a heavy intellectual conversation. We're just hanging out and we feel joy. And so there is a place for a lot of that, but it's not in this moment. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just say, Lord, I let go of all the thoughts, all of the thinking that's getting in the way. Just say it to yourself, I let go of any thinking and any thoughts that gets in the way. And I receive joy. I receive joy. I knew this would happen. I, I warned you at the beginning that this will happen when you talk about joy. You tend to get happy. <laughs> Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we're not going to cut this off, but we are here going to call up the prayer team this morning. So I'm going to have our prayer team come up, this, and they're going to pray over you and join together with you. <laughs> if this is your son, first Sunday, I do not apologize. This is what you get. You get joy. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thanks, God. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> is this like the powerful ladies prayer team this morning? This is amazing. If, if you have trouble with like, you hear people like women are allowed a minute like that? Women in ministry, well, this kind of represents our hearts right here. So it's like all ladies up here this morning. Come on, powerful women. I bless you. I bless your household with the joy of the Lord. I bless you that as you leave, I pray that the joy of the Lord would fill you. I pray that every, I pray that the atmosphere in your home would be shifted as you begin to welcome in the joy that the pollution of discouragement would leave. Yeah that pollution of discouragement would leave and that he would cleanse the air in your home he would cleanse the spiritual atmosphere in your life in your mind that you would be blessed with clear thinking you would be blessed with peace you'd be blessed with wholeness you'd be blessed with joy you'd be blessed with the deep connection with you and the father i bless you in jesus name amen